Amen. Well, it just worked out. The Lord, I know I'm going to trip over this if I have this here. <laughs> the Lord really worked it out. We had already planned coming here uh, these dates, and the Lord just worked it out that, of course, now we're expecting. So the Lord knows before we know. Amen. So it's such a blessing, such a blessing to be back here as well. And we had a great teen camp. Was it three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, we had a great teen camp. Best teen camp we've had number-wise. Um, we had 20 teenagers uh, come to teen camp. And as far as we know, only one is not saved. Uh, everyone else has made a profession of faith since we've been there. So uh, just such a blessing. And it was our first ever overnight teen camp. And so we traveled 14 miles down the beach. We call them Hondas, but uh, it doesn't matter, Polaris or whatever. Uh, it's four-wheelers. Four we traveled down the beach uh, 14 miles and we've completed the two cabins, 14 by 16 cabins. And so we have a boy's cabin and a girl's cabin. And they have bunks four foot wide, okay? And uh, so, I mean, the girls, some girls were three, I mean, stack three. I thought they wouldn't want to do that. But, and then the boys, I'm like, you guys don't want to sleep, you know, on the same bunk. They're like, who's going to sleep with me? I'm like, that's weird. And so we had, we had 17 teens out there. All night long, so that was a blessing. So it was three days, but we only have one overnighter because I'd die if it was any more than one night overnighter. And uh, we cooked for them that night as well, and then cooked for them in the morning. And it was a blessing because we got to be able to spend more time with them, and we were able to also have devotions with them and show them, listen, when you get up in the morning, you should be spending time with God. And so it was a blessing to be able to have that. And it, it got people excited. It got, it got the kids excited. They're excited for next year now, even kids that haven't been coming. So again, we've, we've put so much money into, you know, some people just are like, why are you putting so much money? We've, we've put upwards to now probably $60,000, $70,000 in that teen camp, and it's once a year. <laughs> you say, that's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> Amen? But we've seen souls get saved because of it. We've seen kids, teenagers get excited because of it, and coming to, you know, th there's one teenager, Tatiana. Uh, she's been coming to every single service. She comes to Sunday morning. She comes to teen class. She comes to Sunday night. She comes to Wednesday night. She comes to uh, ladies' Bible study Thursday. I mean, just on fire for God. And so just thank you so much for all your prayers, all that you do for us. And if you could just keep praying, it's going to be hard. I don't even want to talk about it, about leaving. And uh, so uh, leaving my family behind, but I know it's the best. So uh, just thank you again for understanding, too, that, my wife can be here. Amen. So I thank you for pastor. He's always, he's always got our back. And he's like, listen, if any, if any pastor has a problem with Jennifer staying behind, I'll talk to him. So I appreciate that. That's a blessing. Amen. All right. Well, if we could, let's open up our Bibles to two places. John chapter 10 and 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Huge, huge answer to prayer seeing Patrick here. Amen. Praise the Lord. We were praying for him. Uh, for so long, so just, and then when we heard he was going home, what a blessing, what a huge answer to prayer, and we're, we're definitely praying for Brother Keith as well. In John chapter 10, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 10, so John chapter 10, I've got about 15 pages of notes. <laughs> Pastor Kenny, I can't stand him, he's got like, one page like this with like a few lines written, and he can preach for like two hours. It drives me nuts. It drives me insane. So yeah. Anyway, I had to get that out. I had a, I had a vent, I guess. <laughs> Amen. Amen. One of the best sermons I ever preached involved a tambourine. That's all you got to know. 
All right, John chapter 10. And we're going to start in verse 10. It was pretty neat. You know, a lot of the stuff that was in that Sunday school paper is pretty much my whole message. So you got my whole message already. So John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this, This, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for being able to be here in my home church. Lord, what a blessing seeing everybody that's here. And Lord, uh, I recognize almost every single face. What a blessing. And then some new faces, so great to meet them. And Lord, just what a healthy church this is, Lord. And so nice to be able to come back, Lord, and be able to see everybody still here. Lord, I just pray that you bless each and every one. Help me, Lord. I need your help today. Lord, with this message, Lord, I need you, Lord, to show up and fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to say what I should say, cut out things that I shouldn't say, help me not be in the flesh, Lord, but just use me again today and and help those that are here today. Again, we pray for Brother West today, Lord. We just pray that you'd work on his body and be with the doctors, nurses. Lord, I pray he'd be able to get out of intensive care and uh, Lord into his own room and, and soon be able to get home back to his family and back to us. Lord, again, we just pray for him. Thank you again, Lord, again, for just how good you are to us, your salvation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the devil is so good at what he does. He loves destroying lives. He loves destroying families. And especially he loves destroying and stealing Christians' joy and happiness. He loves it. He absolutely loves doing it. And one of the greatest tools he uses to be able to destroy us and our our lives is our minds. He uses our minds against us. Turn me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. One of the biggest problems we have out in the village, of course, is darkness for a couple months. And, and again, the teenagers, and, and not just the teenagers, everybody there, uh, you know, you say, well, you kind of get used to it in a way, but you are stuck inside, negative 40, negative 80 wind chill. Uh, darkness, uh, you have for about 23 hours in the wintertime, and then you have about an hour of kind of gray, but you never see the sun for uh, almost two months. And you know what starts to take place, no matter if, if you're saved or not? The devil starts to use your mind against yourself. And the devil tries to start telling you stuff. He's an accuser of the brethren. He tries to bring back things, all those types of things. And that's why it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's one of his, his things that he uses the most is our minds. That's why God says one of the greatest things we could do in our warfare is not war in the flesh, but to war for our minds. Many of our battles take place in our minds. Many of our battles. Uh, Again, with RU and all that kind of stuff that we've gone over before, you've thought it before you've done it. If it's in your heart, many times eventually it will come out if you don't get that thing taken care of. And so the devil loves using your minds to, to destroy you. And so I want to look today at something the world calls mental illness. The world talks about mental health and things like that, and it's come to the forefront, I think, more in the last 10 years than I've ever heard. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that we talk about it, because let's, let's be honest, 
you can, yes, get sick physically, you can get ill physically, but you can also get ill in your mind as well. We know that. And the Bible talks about that, and we're going to talk about that. Look at Job chapter 6. Again, what does God say about mental illness? Many times, us as Christians don't want to talk about it. We just want to say, well, if you're saved, you should never get depressed. And yes, that's true, okay? When you're saved, uh, hopefully you won't get depressed. But let me just say this. Uh, many times you do. Many times you actually struggle with things. I tell you, it's very hard for me out in Point Hope not to get discouraged sometimes. And just because I want certain teenagers to be there, young kids to be, adults to be there, and especially when you get a message, and you've been working on a message, and it's just been just working on your heart, and you say, boy, this is just going to help so many people because it's helped me, and then they don't show up. And I can't tell you how hard, probably you can ask any pastor, how hard that is when you know they need to be here and they're not here. And that just alone, just one thing, little thing like that is discouraging, and it starts to work on your mind if you don't take control of your mind, and the devil can use that and say, oh, I wonder why they're not here. Maybe they didn't like your preaching last week. Maybe they don't like you. Maybe they think you're ugly. I don't know. And uh, Job chapter 6, don't say amen to that, okay? You can say it in your mind, but don't say amen. <laughs> That's why I got this beard now, so you can't see my face, amen? Job chapter 6, we're going to look here. Look what, it, look what uh, was going on with Job here. We, of course, know all that has happened to Job, okay? He's lost his sons and daughters. I know Pastor Kinney has gone over Job just, what, maybe two weeks? Maybe you went over that about two weeks? Something like that, three weeks maybe? Four weeks tops, that's all you did Job for. And uh, so he lost his sons, his daughters, his servants. I think he had like three servants left or something after all that. All of his livestock. And then he had his wife, and she just said, well, just curse God and die. I mean, terrible things. And here in Job chapter 6, verse 8, and we all can agree that he was a great man of God. You look at Job chapter 1, he was even praying, he was sacrificing for his own children, saying, well, if they haven't given a sacrifice, I'm going to do it for them. I mean, just a great man of God, and he suffered with some mental illness, if you want to say it that way, like the world says it. Look at Job chapter 6, verse 8. Oh, that I might have my request, and that God would grant me the thing that I long for, even that it would please God to destroy me that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. You know what Job's saying there? He's saying, oh, that God would just let me die. That God would just kill me. Now, if you went to a therapist or a psychiatrist today, and you got to that point and you said, boy, I just want to die. I just want to kill myself. You know what they would label you as? Right off the bat, you have a mental illness. And they would say, we got to take care of this. we got to do something. And Job definitely had some problems mentally. Can we agree with that? He here is, is depressed, and, and he's going through so much, and who can blame him? I mean, I don't know if any of us could say, oh, I wouldn't be like that. <laughs> I mean, listen, you lost all that, and your wife says, curse God and die? You've lost everything. And so Job is saying, God, just kill me. Just destroy me. Look at me to Job chapter 19. Job chapter 19. I want you to see here that God has the answer for mental illness. And in Job chapter 19, let me just preface by saying this. If you're on medication, don't stop taking it, <laughs> okay? Uh, if you feel that after this message, you feel like maybe you should get off the medication, go to your doctor first and 
closely work with him on getting you off. Because once you're on medication, you can't just many times just go cold turkey, okay? So don't even just say, oh, Brother Matt said I should just go off my medication. No, don't, okay? For the sake of all of us, don't do it. And I'm not making fun of anybody here. Listen, we, many times we all struggle with things. There was a time in my life after I got saved that even a doctor talked to me about taking anti-anxiety medication. And I know many people go through much anxiety. I went through a lot. I still go through some. But boy, I've been able to be able to get victory over it because of the Lord. And so here in Job chapter 19, verse 13, of course, Job has gone through all this, and he talks a little bit more about it. Job 19, 13, He hath put my brethren far from me, and my acquaintance are very estranged from me. My kinsfolk have failed, and my familiar friends have forgotten me. They that dwell in mine house and my maids count me for a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. I mean, here he is. Job is going through his mind, and he's just sitting there going through his mind over and over and over the different things he's going through. And then in verse 16, I called my servant, and he gave me no answer. I entreated him with my mouth. My breath is strange to my wife, though I entreated for the children's sake of mine own body. Yea, young children despise me. I arose, and they spake against me. I mean, we know, of course, from the book of Job, he was helping out other people that were going through hardships, and now everybody's just left them. And then in verse 19, all my inward friends abhorred me, and they whom I loved are turned against me. My bone cleaveth to my skin, to my flesh, and I am escaped with the skin of my teeth. Have pity upon me, have pity upon me, O ye my friends, for the hand of God hath touched me. Why do ye persecute me as God, and are not satisfied with my flesh? Now, after he was going through all that, and again, we saw that he wanted God just to take his life, now look what he says in verse 23. Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book that they were graven upon an iron pen and led in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. You feel the difference in the spirit there? Here he is complaining from verses 13 to 22, all these terrible things going on. And then it was like, like that. It just switched over to the Lord. And then he says in verse 23, Oh, that my words were written down in a book. And they were. We got them right now. We're reading them right now. That they were graven with an iron pen and led in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Listen, when you and I are going through some things, maybe not as bad as Job, but some things maybe like Job, you know what we can say? After maybe you go through it in your mind for a while and you say, oh my goodness, I can't believe, look at this, look at that person, what they're doing to me, look at what I went through, I'm going through right now. We need to say, hey, listen, I know my Redeemer liveth. My Lord Jesus Christ liveth, and then he, Jesus Christ, shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. My Savior liveth, and he's going to come down upon this earth. He's going to make things right. And verse 26, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh, flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. You know what Job said? Listen, I know that I'm going through some terrible things, but I know there is a reason I'm going through these things. 
because I know it's going to be written in a book and it's going to help others going through what I'm going through. I know that what I'm going through right now has a divine purpose, a divine reason of why I'm going through what I'm going through. He knew this. He knew that God took his children for a reason, for a divine reason. He knew that God took his finances for a reason. He knew that God took his health for a reason. And he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And he did it for a reason. He knew that the Lord would take those things not just because he's a cruel God. He's not a cruel God. He's a loving God and he knows exactly what is right for us. Look at me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You know, Job could have just sat there and just wallow in his pity. But he didn't do that. And listen, you and I as Christians, we can go through some hard and trying times and we can be discouraged and we can be cast down and we could even be that word depressed. But we don't have to stay that way. The Lord Jesus Christ has the answer for mental illness or our mental health in this Bible and we see it through Job right there. And he says, listen, I can talk about myself and everything I've been through, but I'm not going to. I'm going to now shift it to my Savior. And I'm going to talk about one day all this is going to be all worth it. Everything that my loved ones have gone through, I've gone, gone through, I'm going to go through, it's going to be all worth it when I, with my own eyes, after all my flesh is consumed, with my own eyes, with a brand new body, I'm going to look upon my Savior. I'm going to say, God, all that you took, but still I love you. And now I'm looking at you and it's been all worth it. One day. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he knew there was a greater purpose for what he lost. He knew that his sufferings would have an end, and he knew that he'd gain much more in eternity because of what he lost. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 16. For a which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Job knew this. He said, I know that everything I've lost is going to in the future when I see my Redeemer and he's standing upon this earth and I'm looking at him with my eyeballs, I know that it's going to have a greater impact in eternity for my Savior than if God would have allowed me to not go through those things. And boy, we can give him praise and honor and glory through the fire. You might be going through some fire right now. You might be going through some fire. You just got through some fire. Or you're going to be going through the fire. We can glorify God through the fire. And that's what, of course, Job did much throughout all that he was going through. And we're not going to go through it all, but, you know, then the Lord starts talking to him again in Job chapter 38 all the way to chapter 42. And then at the end of Job chapter 42, at the end of the book, Job's captivity is taken away and he's given double of what he had before. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to just automatically just give you everything back and even more, okay? But let me say this right now. God may not heal you physically or your loved ones physically or anything like that, but he can heal you spiritually. And he will heal you spiritually if you want him to. And we don't like to say the, the verse Romans 8.28, but it's the truth. The Bible says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And listen, we've gone through so many things. We've seen loved ones 
uh, uh, people's loved ones out in the Arctic there that have struggled with, and, and I don't take it lightly at all, I, at all. I know that even some in here, I'm sure, have dealt with loved ones with it or whatever. Listen, I'm doing this because I want you to see that there is an answer for problems in your mind when you're going through depression, when you're going through anxiety, when you're going through tough times, and we as Christians can go through those times. Look at me to Numbers chapter 11. So we saw there that Job had the answer. And it was to know that his Redeemer liveth and that all that he was going through was for a purpose. And again, let me just say this. What you've gone through in your past, whether it was good or bad, was for a purpose. For a purpose. Numbers chapter 11. Here is... Moses, and you can get some great sermons for a, a preacher out of uh, Moses because of all the things that he had to deal with with people. And you see the end result here, he's just worn out. <laughs> he's just worn out with the people that God gave him, and he's just like about to throw in the towel. And you'll see he does want to throw in the towel. Look at Numbers chapter 11. I mean, we, we're seeing great men of God deal with some mental health problems here. And I know we don't like to say that. I'm just using the world's terms, right? Mental health, mental illness, because that's what the world calls it. Uh, look with me to Numbers chapter 11, verse 10. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? I don't know about, sometimes I feel like that in point oh. I'm like, well, you give me this burden over here, these people, you know? And uh, because, you know, you say something one day and you show it from the Bible, and listen, I do the same thing in my life, okay? But you preach one thing and then it's like the next week, it's like it just went through one ear out the other. And you're saying, didn't I just preach on that last week? <laughs> And in verse 11 it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? Wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou uh, layest the burden of all this people upon me? Verse 12, Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them, that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father uh, beareth the suckling child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. Now look what he says in verse 15. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. So we saw that Job despaired of life, and he was ready to just die. And you see here that Moses says, God, if you're going to be this way and you're going to have to, I'm going to have to lead over these million people and, and go through all the things that they're, I mean, I'm just exhausted, God. Just, if it's going to be like this, I just go ahead and kill me. Just let me die. And again, if he was going to go to a therapist today or somebody today, they would say, you got a mental illness. You got some mental problems. If you want to kill yourself, you got a mental illness and, uh, and, of, go, of course, we're going to see here how Moses is able to get the victory. Look at me to Numbers chapter 11, verse 11. I want you to see what Moses did. 
Numbers chapter 11, verse 11 says this. And Moses said unto the Lord. You see that? He didn't take his problems to anywhere else first. He went directly right away to the Lord. And too many times we sit there and we just fester in our mind and say, woe is me. And I don't know, sometimes I enjoy that. I don't know about you. I'm just like, oh, you know, all this I've gone through, you know, and it, it's like a pity party. Maybe I'm the only one that likes that. Sometimes, I, But then it doesn't feel good after you're done because then you're like, oh, my goodness, it's depressing. And you know what Moses did? He just went directly to the Lord. You know what a lot of Christians do today is they get on the phone right away. Can you believe they said that about me? Can you believe what I'm going through? Can you believe this right now? And social media is horrendous. And I don't know, I'm sure you guys have the same problem here, but in the village, it's just like, I mean, teenagers, adults, it's just back and forth. And it's like, are we even human anymore? Just going back and forth against each other. Can you believe that they said that about me? They did this about me. And it's like, my goodness, it's unbelievable. Instead of dropping down first and going to the Lord and saying, Lord, you see what they're doing? Can you please take care of this? And you know, many times... People will go to a psychologist or a therapist. Now, I'm just going to say this right now. I'm not going to tell you whether you should or shouldn't go to a therapist. Let me just, let me just ask you this. If you do go to a psychologist, ask him three questions. All right, number one, do you believe that a man and a man in a relationship is healthy mentally? And I guarantee you that most therapists or psychologists today will say that that's normal. That's normal. A man with a man, that's normal. Woman with a woman, that's normal. And you can then ask them a second question and say, do you believe that if I believe right now that I should have been born a woman, uh, that I want to get, you know, surgery and I want to wear a dress, do you think that's mentally normal? And a lot of them today would say that's normal. That's fine. And, and then you could ask them a third question. You could say, this Bible here that I have with me, do you believe that thing has all the answers? Do you believe that thing, if you say something that contradicts that Bible, should I go with that Bible over you? You can ask them those three questions. Now, if they line up with all three and they, they give you those answers, then maybe you could go to them. But I'm telling you right now, there's even many Christians right now that are going to psychologists before they go to God, before they go to the Bible, before they go to their pastors. Listen, we got two great pastors here that can counsel with you. Listen, if you go through everything and go through this Bible, go to your pastors, go to God, and then you still not find any help after you doing everything you can through the Lord, then maybe go to a, a therapist, okay? Now, now, if it's like unbelievable and you need to go to the therapist, okay, then go. But uh, many times we just go straight and bypass God, bypass the Bible, and... Many times I believe too many people are over-medicated and shouldn't even be medicated. Listen, I could be medicated today because of my uh, anxiety. And I thank God I'm not. I thank God I'm not. And, and I'm not saying that because I'm so great or anything like that. I'm saying that because it's only God. It's only God. It's only God that I'm able to be up here and not passing out right now. <laughs> Amen. With all you guys looking at me. It's just God. Amen. And thank God that Moses went directly to God. He went directly to God. You know what Moses was? He was worn out. Job, I mean, he lost so much, and, and he, he was physically going through so much pain. And then here we have Moses. He's just worn out. You might feel like that sometimes. You might feel like that every day. 
might be, God, I'm just worn out. And you know what you need to do? You need to go to God. You know what God did for Moses here? Look at Numbers chapter 11. Moses was able to find victory over his mental illness here in Numbers chapter 11, verse 21. Numbers chapter 11, verse 21. And Moses said, The people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen, and thou hast said I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? Look at what the Lord says in verse 23. And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. You know what Moses did? He just simply lost the sight of who was going to give him strength, who he was supposed to find strength from to be able to go on in life. Many times we lose our uh, heavenly sight and our heavenly focus and we start focusing on all the problems in our life and we get worn out mentally. And we say, man, I don't, there's no way I could go through all this. Just like Moses said, God, how could I feed all these people? And it's true, you can't, Moses. It's only through the power and strength of God. And listen, we need to remember, just as Moses did, when we get worn out and we just feel like we're paper thin and we have nothing left, we've got to remember that the strength doesn't come from us. It comes from God. Look at Psalm 27. Psalm 27. I dealt with a young gentleman. He's now living in Anchorage. When we got there a uh, little under seven years ago to Point Hope, he was in teen class already. He only had a couple years left of teen class. And uh, his brother was a lot worse than him, just going through so many different issues. Uh, there is a lot of, a lot of abuse. And uh, I don't know this for sure, but just the signs of, of trying to talk to him and things like that, trying to help him. I believe there was most likely abuse in, in his history. And I know there was definitely mental abuse. There was, there was uh, father and others talking to him and, and just putting him down. I can't imagine that. Thank God I had such great parents. I have gr such great parents that I never had my parents putting me down, yelling at me uh, and just saying, you're worthless, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was dealing with this uh, young gentleman. He, he's uh, young 20s now, and he, he, was ready to, he was ready to kill himself. He was ready to kill himself. And I remember calling pastor and, and uh, asking him. This was, uh, this was a couple years ago I was dealing with him, and then just recently again before he moved to Anchorage. And just, I mean, just really going through it. And, and I just showed him some of this stuff, and he started to get victory. And, I mean, he got so bad that he couldn't leave his house. He didn't leave his house for months. I can't imagine that. It was just, he just, all he did was just stay home and just think. That's all he did. And he just said, I can't give victory over it, Pastor. I can't give victory over it. And I said, well, you can. You just have to fight it. That's where that battle is, is in your mind. And you have to give victory. And boy, when he would get in that word of God, when he would get in the church, when he would uh, get counsel and we'd, we'd have Bible studies together and things like that, he would find some victory through it. And then he'd just go back and revert back and just go back into his mind and just keep thinking and keep thinking and keep thinking, saying, I'm worn out. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, if you keep saying that, you can't. We know you can't. you got to go to the Lord. Look at Psalm 27, verse 1. And I'm telling you right now, every time you went to the Lord, you could tell there was a difference. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. 
of whom shall I be afraid? Listen, if you're exhausted, if you're just, you're saying, man, between work and before, between my family, my kids are crazy, you know, and uh, in between, you know, church and, and having to, you know, do all this stuff and, and do all the ministries in the church, and, and I'm just worn out. I, I don't see how I could do it. You know, you can do it through the Lord. You can't do it through yourself. You can't do it through your flesh, but God will give you strength. Look at verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his, in his temple. You know what many Christians do when they just get wore out? They start dropping things about the Lord. They start dropping their Bible reading. They say, well, I can, then I can just kind of just chill and relax and maybe just watch something. Uh, or I'll just drop maybe just Sunday night church. I'll go Sunday morning, but I'll drop Sunday night. And then I'll drop Wednesday night. And then I'll drop, you know, maybe this ministry. And, and I won't go out, you know, on visitation or soul winning. And, and they start dropping things. That's the worst thing you can do. Because you're going to get more and more wore out. Listen, I don't know about you, but if I'm trying to relax and, and say, well, I'll just go and just watch this, I don't get as much peace and relaxation as I do if I just get in that Bible and just start reading it. And it's like, my goodness, I'm just getting peace and, and relaxation through it. Listen, if you don't think you have enough time to be able to survive, even if you're asking the Lord for help, don't get rid of your Bible reading. Don't get rid of your prayer time. Don't get rid of church. If anything, increase it and decrease your social media time. Decrease uh, whatever time, your TV time, your, your uh, primping your hair or whatever you're doing, okay? I don't have to worry about that anymore. Amen. Not that I primped my hair before, okay? Don't get any ideas here, okay? <laughs> uh, all right, Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 6. The Bible says, And now shall mine head be lifted up, Above mine enemies, round about me, therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Look at verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. It's the Lord that's going to give you the strength. You might feel wore out just like Moses felt, just like David felt with all that he went through, but you can find victory through that mental health problem that you're going through by saying, forget it, it's not through me, it's through the Lord that I'll find that strength. Look at Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. You know, the devil's good at what he does. After I'd been counseling with that gentleman, that young gentleman, he was starting to get some victory. And then he just said, I'm moving to Anchorage. I'm moving out of the village. And I haven't talked to him, well, I talked to him about a week after he moved out, and I haven't heard from him since. And I'm praying that he's okay. But you know what the devil's good at? The devil's good at saying, oh, oh he's getting help. He's getting some victory over that mental health issue. I got to get him out in a way. Now, I gave him good churches there. I hope he's going, but I haven't heard from those pastors that he's going. Look at Isaiah chapter 40. Look at verse 28. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. 
Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the, youth, uh, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That's where you're going to find the help. Look at Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now listen, you either believe that or you don't. You either believe all the Bible or you don't believe any of the Bible. There's no picking and choosing that, well, the Greek, the Hebrew, get out of here, okay? I'm so sick of that stuff. I am. I'm so, we even have some people put, oh, you know, come on, get out of here, okay? It says either the truth there or it doesn't. Either try, the whole Bible's the truth or it's not. And if that says right there that God will strengthen you, then he will. And if you don't believe that, that's, then you can go to a psychologist and get help from them. But I can tell you what, if you go to a psychologist and say, do you believe that verse right there, that God can strengthen me? Well, you know, uh, you can ask those questions to him, okay? Don't be shy. Because let me just say this, most psychologists are not shy about their hatred for that book. And the hatred for the, for the God that you serve and make fun of Christians all the time. I'm telling you right now, Moses was able to lead from then on of course, you know, griping and complaining here and there. But he was able to lead over a million people to the banks of the Jordan River there, to the promised land. And of course, yes, he smote the rock and he shouldn't have. Okay, I understand. But he was able to find um, uh, help there and healing in his mental health issue to be able to say, okay, no, I'm, I don't want you to kill me, God. I'm going to lead them, and it's only through your power and strength that I'll be able to do it. And look at me to Philippians chapter 4. We looked at Job. We looked at Moses. And Philippians chapter 4. And Philippians chapter 4, here's of course the Apostle Paul. And he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Now, if you were just to read the book of Philippians, you'd talk about joy and rejoice, and you'd say, wow, Paul must have just had an easy life. I mean, everything must have just come together for him and because he's always joyful, he's always rejoicing. And we know that's just not the case. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to go there, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you read all of the things that he went through in his life. He went through prisons. He went through uh, the fact that he was left for dead often. He was whipped on five different occasions, a total, of, a total of 199 times. He was beaten with rods three times, stoned to death, shipwrecked three times. He had to spend a whole day and a night in the ocean, um, peril from his own people, peril from strangers. He was robbed many times, in peril by false Christians, uh, would starve often. Uh, daily cares and responsibility of the churches was upon him. Demas forsook him, having loved this present evil world. Uh, Alexander the coppersmith did him much evil. And of course, not to mention the fact that before he got saved, all those lives he destroyed. I mean, he killed people. He had them tortured, whole families. Can you imagine sit sitting back there and just thinking about 
all the terrible things that you did. And you know, us as Christians can do that too. And we could just sit there and just think about, I don't deserve to be a Christian. I don't deserve to be here in church. I don't de- and it's true, we don't. <laughs> Except for God's grace. And look at me at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I mean, Paul went through it. And it wasn't all rosy as, as you look at that Bible and we read that verse when he says our light affliction. <laughs> Listen, Paul, that wasn't light affliction. But to him it was. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, again this is Paul, and verse 8, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure. I don't know if you ever feel like that. You just press so much, you just feel like you're going to burst. Above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Listen, Paul had some issues. Paul even despaired of his own life. And you know, if Paul went and went to a psychologist of that day, say Paul was alive today and he went to a psychologist. That psychologist would say, let's work on you. Let's, Paul would say, let's not work on me. I'm a wretch, <laughs> okay? Oh, come on, there's good in you. There's none good. No, not one. I mean, in me, that is in my flesh, well, no good thing. Listen, I'm no good. No, 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 no. Let's help you. No, no, don't help me. I don't need, I need the Lord to help me. Uh, let's better you. No, let's not better me. Let's not feed my flesh. Let's talk about you. No, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about him. And that's what Paul did. Look at uh, verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. But... So here we have him saying, we even despaired of life. We even were so pressed out of measure like we were going to explode and just, we even despaired of life. Oh, I just die. And then in verse 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. You know what Paul said? He said, I'm not going to trust in myself. I'm not going to focus on myself. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the Savior. And you know, Paul counted everything but loss for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he lost physical possessions, status in life. I mean, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Lost all that, right? All his old friends he lost, except for those that got saved. His health, I mean, 2 Corinthians, he's going through it. He asked the Lord thrice for that thing, thorn thorn of his flesh to be healed, and God said, no, it's better for you to have it. And you know what? He said, okay. He said, I'd rather lose all that I might get a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? Let me just say this right now. Paul went through a lot, and he even despaired of life at one point, just as Job did, just as Moses did, and again, if he was seen by a psychologist today, they'd say, yep, you've got a mental health issue. Now, I don't have a problem with maybe somebody saying you've got a mental health issue or you've you got mental illness, whatever. But the problem today with all that is the world says that that's it. You've got it. You've got it the rest of your life. Just like they say about alcohol. They say, oh, nope, you're, you're an addict. You know, you go to AA, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. No, you're not. Listen, you can get victory over it. You can find freedom when you accept Christ as your Savior and you walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. And people say, oh, no, I'm a drug addict. That's what I'll be the rest of my life. That's what the world tells them. Listen, don't let the world tell you, nope, you've got a mental illness. No, you've got mental health problem and you'll have it the rest of your life. You don't have to. You can find freedom from it through Jesus Christ. 
And that's what Paul was able to find. That's what Moses was able to find. That's what Job was able to find. They were able to get victory through Jesus Christ. Look at me to Philippians chapter 3. We're just about done. Philippians chapter 3. We deal so much with it. Not even just with the teenagers and adults, but the little kids as well. Because they go through so much. So much. And in Philippians chapter 3, you know what they need to know? They need to know it's okay to be able to uh, go through some things and go through some things in their mind, but it's not okay to stay that way. You need to find help, and you can find help through the Lord. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul, many times we think, well, Paul's just saying just forget about it. Don't, don't even think about it once. I mean, have you ever tried not to think about something? <laughs> That's all you think about. Don't think about this. You know, don't, don't think about, you know, ice cream sundae. <laughs> don't think about it. Don't think about it, right? With, with cherry on top and whipped cream and fudge and then some peanut butter. I don't know what else you like, okay? But uh, don't think about that, okay? I tell you what, we went eight, nine months without ice cream. Oh, my goodness. I love ice cream, okay? I love ice cream. We didn't get any ice cream. And if we did, other people bought it before I could get to it, okay? And, uh, and that's all I could think about on the plane ride. And we got it. We got it in Kotzebue. We got, we got off the bush pilot plane an hour south in the Kotzebue, the other village of Kotzebue. They had a Sunday. I don't know why I'm talking about this. They had a Sunday. It didn't taste like ice cream. I was so disappointed. And then we finally got back to Buffalo, and I finally got a nice ice cream. Amen? And uh, listen, when you try and not think about something, you think about it, okay? So when he says forgetting those things which are behind, he's not saying, okay, don't think about it. Don't think about it, Okay? Because look at verse 5. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. Well, in a way, he's saying don't think about it, but I'll show you what I'm talking about here. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, uh, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So he's not saying, I don't even think about what I did before. I don't even meant, you know. No, because he's even talking about his life before he got saved, persecuting, having people killed, uh, thrown in the jail, all those things. But you know what he's saying there? Look at verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He doesn't dwell on it. He doesn't focus on it. When he says forgetting, it doesn't mean we can always just, you know, totally get it blanked out of our mind. I wish we could sometimes, amen. Right, somebody could just go in there and go, don't even think about that anymore. Don't even think it. He's, he's just saying, no. When it starts to come into your mind, think about now living for the Lord Jesus Christ and what you could do for the, just be consumed and addicted to the ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ and live for him and you won't be there just focusing on what you've done in the past, what people have done to you in the past, what you've gone through in the past. You can just think about it for a second and say, yep, but got the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And now I'm living for the Lord. Now I'm able to lay up treasures in heaven for the Lord. I'm able to see my family serve and love the Lord. I'm able to get victory in my mind and love the Lord and, and be able to go out there and live for Him. You know, Paul could have just said, oh, all that I've been through, all that people have done to me, all that I've done before I got, no, there's no, but he didn't. He said, nope, I'm forgetting. I, I still know about it. I still even sometimes mention it, but I'm forgetting because I'm pressing toward the mark to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And lastly here, 
Look at me to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and we're done. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Just as Job was able to get the victory, be able to get the victory really for the Lord over the devil, because the devil said, well, if you just take off that hedge of protection from him, he's going to curse you to your face. And although that, Job still said, nope. Listen, I'm going to glorify God through the fire. And you know what? If you're going through something right now, if you've gone through something, you can glorify God through the fire. Get victory for the Lord Jesus Christ over that devil. And you know, you've got Moses just worn out. But he was able to find victory because he got his mind and his eyes off of his problems and all that was wearing him out, and he put his eyes and faith and trust on Jesus that gives him his strength. And that's what we need to do. And here Paul, he said, you know what? I need to forget about those things, stop focusing and dwelling. Like I was telling you about that young gentleman, all he was doing was focusing, dwelling. He was just paralyzed, and that's what you'll get unless you start saying, nope, I'm going to start going towards that mark of the prize of the high calling, Jesus Christ, and live for him. And look at, because he did that, he was able to find victory over his mental health issue. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But watch thou in all things endure afflictions. He's saying this, of course, to Timothy, because he's gone through it. He can tell him, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departures at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You know, because Paul was able to find the victory by taking the focus off of himself and what he's been through and put that focus on the Lord, he was able to get the victory and be faithful to his Savior. And listen, you might be going through something today, whether it's loss, whether it's pain, affliction, like Job went through. Maybe you're just worn out and you don't think you can keep going for the Lord. And in your mind, you're just about to give up. Know that Moses was able to find victory through the strength in the Lord. And you might be like Paul and say, well, look at all I've been through. Look at all I've done before I got saved or even after I've been saved. And listen, Paul said, forget those things and move forward for Jesus Christ. And you can find victory. Listen, I don't believe it's going to be long before the Lord comes back. Let's be like Paul. Let's be found faithful. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for the day. Thank you so much that, Lord, we can find victory over anything in our minds. Lord, the devil just wants to steal, kill, and destroy our happiness, our joy, our families, our lives. We see that all the time in the village. But, Lord, we all can get victory. We all can get victory whether saved, whether lost. If there's a lost person in here and they don't have any peace, that's good. They shouldn't have peace because they're dead in their trespasses and sins. They'll go to hell. Lord, if there's anybody in here today that is not saved, help them to see that that anxiety, that depression, that worriedness is sin that they need to get under the blood of Jesus Christ by receiving you. But Lord, help us that are saved, Lord, not to give up. Help us to be like Job and Moses and Paul that were faithful because they were able to get victory through you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.